0: Hi Pitches, welcome back to Pitch Slapped, the fan-made Pitch Perfect podcast because I'm just a little bit obsessed. My name is Kaylee Hillier and thank you for joining me as we just delve into a little bit more of the world of Pitch Perfect in all its many many forms, from the movies to the actors and actresses to of course the amazing creators that we have in this fandom that just keep me alive. And as we've entered December... I thought you know what we've got to start kind of getting into pitchmas Pitchmus is upon us it only comes around once a year and we need to grasp it for all it's worth and just enjoy the moment i think it helps now as well that anna kendrick has done a christmas movie and i know that kelly jackal's also done a christmas movie so like all the more christmas scenes coming out just so that we can grasp just those little feels of pitchmus as we go into this year And so I'm excited to delve into a little bit of Christmas stuff over the next few weeks. We'll definitely be delving into some Pitchmas feels this week. We've also got some fan fiction highlights to share with you later on. But first, let's get into our actor news. They've been so busy this last week. (coughs) In actor news this week, first off, Alexis Knapp has joined Cameo. She talks in her little trailer that she's there to help give life advice and just have a chat and just kind of hit her up. So if you want to get involved, you can find her at cameo.com forward slash Alexis Knapp. And it does cost money to kind of get involved. That's how it works. But if you want to interact with Alexis Knapp, you can do it right there. Chrissy fit has also been fairly busy during Thanksgiving week as she's preparing for her new film All My Life. They actually did like a special Thanksgiving reunion with the cast and filmed a little Zoom chat that you can see on her Instagram page. The film itself is being released on the 4th of December, so very, very soon. And it's looking quite interesting film. But I'm excited to see Chrissy in some other projects. Also this week, we might be coming to the end of 2020, but Love on Top by the Bellas is still reaching heights, including reaching 10 million views on YouTube. I mean, that's awesome! The fact that the fandom is still watching it and we've managed to get to 10 million views on YouTube is amazing. And although we don't always get that much Pitch Perfect content, we got some this year and we got to celebrate it and just like revel in the awesomeness that it is. I still listen to it quite often. So I'm glad other people are still enjoying Love and Top as much as I am. Brittany Snow seems to be extremely busy at the moment promoting September Letters. She's been on a get in a number of podcasts promoting the website and promoting mental health and getting people involved and giving them the opportunity to kind of delve into that. If you want to check out any of her guest spots, she was a guest on the podcast What Are Friends For? Which you can find on a number of podcast platforms and also they have an Instagram page where a lot of their information is stored. Just look for What Are Friends For? and it should be up there. And then not only was she on that, but then more recently she was a guest on the Instagram TV series Mind Wide Open which you can find on Instagram. If you just search for the account Lily Cornell Silver, it's right there. She has this little series that she does talking about mental health. Brittany Snow and Jasper Guess are on there speaking about September Letters, both of them sharing their own mental health journeys and some of the ways that they sought out help and support in overcoming some of the challenges that they had. And one bit that kind of really touched me was Brittany just sharing a little bit of how she had to kind of, rewire her brain when she was trying to get over certain challenges she had whether it was an eating disorder or anxiety and how when you do that you have to then uncover maybe what that particular trigger is trying to cover up or trying to be a way of dealing with something it was really really interesting to see her being so open about what she's gone through and then also the understanding that she has with mental health and trying to overcome it Esther Dean has released a little single that she just slipped into her Instagram, it's called Popular. It's available on streaming platforms and for download. And you often forget how like talented Esther Dean is. Not only has she just kind of slipped this little single out there, but She's also been sharing on her Instagram stories and her Instagram recently just little tidbits of how she got into the industry and how her brain works through creating music and just really kind of being quite open with her work and what she does and how much hard work she had to do to get to where she is. And it's just really, really lovely to see her opening up to all of that. Rebel Wilson won an award this past week she won an award for the best subscription television presenter for her series last one laughing on amazon prime and that was presented to her by the australian academy so well done to rebel wilson and if you missed it on instagram she actually took the time to do a little instagram live where she spoke to her fans and those who are watching about her year of health journey because she's actually just i don't want to say finished but she mentions in this instagram live that she's reached her goal she had this kind of goal for the year and she's reached it earlier than she thought she would And so that's why she wanted to kind of have this cap off as to the end of her journey, even though she's going to try and maintain that and keep something going. It was really nice to see her kind of being quite open with her journey and what she had to do to get there and and her mental space through that as well. And she's quite open with the exercise she had to do, her diet, and then also her emotional health as well into trying to get to a position where this could be more well-maintained. And I don't really feel like I've seen a lot where Rebel's being quite open about this year journey that she's gone on, only just kind of seeing little snippets she puts on her Instagram. So it's quite nice to actually see her being quite open about that. And also just like her goal in just wanting to do some self-improvement, as she kind of called it and something that she wanted to set a goal and accomplish and she actually did that and knowing that it is possible to do because i know goal setting is not one of my strong suits so just seeing other people kind of set goals and accomplish them is really really uplifting and i hope that if you're interested you check that out it's been great to see the work that she's done over the past year she's always seemed so busy rebel Wilson is doing it hayley steinfeld has been a big tease this week Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. I like her content. I think it's great, but come on Haley, Stop teasing us. If you were anywhere on Haley Steinfeld's Instagram this past week She posted a picture up on her Instagram and the comments just literally like a bow and arrow and like a countdown to 11 days It's less than that now, but it's teasing us And if you know anything and you kind of do a little bit of digging around social media around this picture, it reveals that a lot of people are led to believe, because of that, Hayley Steinfeld is going to be involved in the new Hawkeye series on Disney+. I think it's safe to say a lot of people are speculating that it's going to be Kate Bishop. Now, Kate Bishop, a character from the Avengers series. I think in the comics she's in the Young Avengers. She's not like a daughter of Hawkeye, but they kind of cross paths and she's very good at archery. And kind of becomes like the female Hawkeye in a way. That's kind of how I would summarise it all up. She hasn't said that it's definitely happening, but that particular Instagram post would lead me to believe that it's a very, very likely. And can I just say how exciting it is with the idea that a member of the Pitch Perfect cast is going to become part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in some form or another, even if it is on a tv series rather than a movie because we all know that they all cross over so i'm really really hoping that kate bishop is going to be played by Hayley steinfeld and we might get more of hailey steinfeld in marvel universe as it rolls out i'm so excited and finally in our acting news this week if you haven't caught up with everything that's been happening big news with anna kendrick as it turns out that Netflix has struck a deal to get near global rights of Anna Kendrick's new film, Stowaway. We knew that this film was being filmed a good while ago, I feel like this was even last year, and everybody's been holding their breath for when this was going to get released. Especially there's been lots of thoughts with Anna Kendrick being quite quiet on social media that maybe things would roll out as this film's coming out but the film just never seemed to appear and we didn't know what was happening. Well, we have news now that Netflix has bought the rights, I suppose it's just when this is going to happen. Now it's not worldwide, but it's in a lot of countries that Netflix has got the rights to show it, including the US, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, India, Latin America, Africa and a host of other major countries in Asia and Europe. And I've been really intrigued with a film like this. I love how Ana Kendrick will just do quite a variety of roles. If you don't know what Stowaway is about, I'm just going to give you like a little summary of what we know so far. So the summary says, Stowaway charts how on a mission to Mars, an unexpected stowaway accidentally causes severe damage to the spaceship's life support systems. Facing dwindling resources and a potentially grim outcome, a medical researcher, Anna Kendrick, emerges as the only dissenting voice against the clinical logic of both her commander and the ship's biologist. So it's an interesting plot line. I'm intrigued to see what's gonna happen and now that we know that Netflix has got it, I mean, there's a very good chance, I've got my fingers crossed, that means that it could be released pretty quickly in most countries at the same time. It's not like the states are gonna get it and then we're gonna have to wait like three to four to six months, like we did with Love Life, to watch this film. It should be fairly accessible. So fingers crossed for this, I'm like really hoping. And uh, and we've had like little inklings of the film from Anna Kendrick's Instagram account where she showed pictures of her floating in space where we actually get to like see this in the movie. And then all I can think is how are the fan fiction writers or creators gonna start creating gifs of this for the fandom and just like, where is this all gonna go? I'm so excited, can't wait. That was our mammoth actor news this week. So much. And with that, i let you catch your breath because we're about to delve into some Pitchmas. <coughs> so as we've entered the realm of December, which means that we do have to actually start embracing a little bit of Christmas cheer. If you're anything like me, you're a bit of a Grinch. So I'm going to try my best. So to warm ourselves into this Christmas zone, I was thinking about the Pitch Perfect films and Where do they delve into or touch on Christmas? I feel like since the third movie was released around Christmas and we got the whole kind of tagline of Pitchmas, we've just got to use it. We get that as like a golden thing that we have in the fandom, Pitchmas. We need to embrace it for all it's worth. Just cherish those moments. So what areas of the Pitch Perfect movie did we get any inklings of Pitchmas? Well, in the first movie, it wasn't quite there. We kind of skipped over that. Unless you look at the deleted scenes, and we talked about this with regards to Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas is there as well. The Bellas raising money by going around campus, knocking on dawns, delivering telegrams or messages to people, and they sing like a song when the person opens the door. And for Christmas, it's Stacy Conrad. Stacy Conrad dressed up in a little Santa outfit with all that I could describe as a fishing rod or a makeshift fishing rod with some mistletoe on it. To be fair, could we really expect Stacy Conrad to be in any other position? It, it, it all just plays up, and she plays it up so well in the deleted scene. I also find it quite funny that all of the other parts of that scene in Halloween and Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day, they go in pairs, but for some reason, Stacy Conrad's on her own. She probably preferred it that way. She's probably more effective on her own and is just doing it for Christmas. So that's like the first thing we get, and that's not actually in the final cut of the movie, that's a deleted scene. Until we get to Pitch Perfect 2, where we have the very, very unexpected drop into Christmas with Becca and Snoop Dogg. I mean, I don't know what we were expecting when this happened on the screen. It was a very bizarre moment. First off, the fact that Snoop Dogg was doing a cameo, and let's be fair, I mean, Snoop Dogg comes with this whole air about him. I don't know how you would describe him. He's very smooth, and also he's one of those rappers that has kind of reached a larger-than-life platform. He's been around a long time, and he's kind of done his dues that he's not just, like, a big rapper level. This is like, it's Snoop Dogg, it's Jay-Z, people like that are, like, right up there. And the fact that he would even volunteer to be in a movie like this, I think was fantastic. And we get these inklings through the film that, oh, Snoop Dogg wants to put together a Christmas album. Little did we know that there would actually be some Christmas music in this film. You just wouldn't be expecting it. Okay, yes, it's a film about music and there's a lot of music involved. And usually the Bellas have kind of moved away from some of the cheesy stuff and they're doing their thing. But no, you get this moment Not only is it Snoop Dogg, big rapper has some big songs, songs like Drop It Like It's Hot, and yet here he is in the booth about to sing Winter Wonderland. So weird. And although it's such a cheesy moment, there was something about that scene that I just fell in love with. And I remember watching the movie when this scene happened, I think because it was so unexpected. Obviously you have those bits where Becca's at her internship, And she's doing her thing and you get to kind of see behind the curtain of that. I just, I don't think I was ever expecting Snoop Dogg to actually turn up and to be in the scene of the film. So when it cuts after the Bellas have been practicing to Becca in the studio, being an intern and there's Snoop Dogg in the booth, was just fantastic. And then to top it all off, when they mentioned that he was going to do a Christmas album... I was thinking oh okay so yeah this is going to be Snoop Dogg doing what he does best but Christmas style. I wasn't expecting him to go into Winter Wonderland. Just to pick like the classic cheesiest Christmas songs that you hear every year that go out and actually be like yeah this is what I want to do. This is the album I want to produce. It was just it was so good. Not only that but then you also get that little bit of Becca Mitchell magic that you might have not seen from the beginning of the film because we get the mashups and that's what Becca's very, very good at, but you miss those little moments of spontaneity that really show off Becca's talent. You get it so much in Pitch Perfect One because it's really like her trying to break out and be like, this is me, this is my voice, this is what I'm good at. She's really trying to show people this, is what she can do. Whereas in the second film, Becca's the intern and although yes she's got to prove herself in some way this is the first time she's actually been in a professional situation with people who know what they're talking about to some extent she's also just been knocked back from the Bella's perspective where she was the head honcho in a lot of ways so the Bellas were the top they'd been the top for a good three years and I'm sure you get to a point where you're not being questioned anymore like you know how this works you bang out another solid mash-up and the Bellas are going to do it, and it's all great. She's had a big, confident knock to what they had been building up with the Bellas to this point where she's now in the studio, being an intern, just watching this all happen. And I love, I don't want to say it's insecurity, but just the way in which Becca reacts in the situation, because she knows that, like, she's just the person who gets the coffee. She's just there to learn about the industry, and she's got to do all the kind of rubbish jobs that nobody else wants to do. And so the idea that she's in that studio in the first place, all the others who actually get paid to do this as a job, and she's the lackey that is just there to kind of help them with their whims, would dare a volunteer, especially with the big boss there that she probably wouldn't even interact with in the first place. Let's be fair, Snoop Dogg singing Winter Wonderland, not that bad. Like, I would enjoy that song, irrespective. Because you don't hear Snoop Dogg actually sing that often. He's usually rapping in some form or another. So the fact that he actually is kind of singing Winter Wonderland, he's got a smooth voice. I didn't necessarily have a problem with that just being the song, but I can appreciate that they're trying to look for something different. So you get to this point where nothing new is coming out and everything's kind of falling apart. The internship clearly means a lot to Becca. So the fact that her confidence is already kind of knocked and she's trying to rebuild in a more professional zone than she was maybe before at college with the Bellas. This is like a big step. Put yourself out there when the head boss is there. You've not done this before. You haven't been in that many studios. You don't have that much experience and go, oh hey, um, can you just play it again? I've got an idea. We needed the scene with some Becca Mitchell magic and this was the scene that you get and... I think what I love about this scene is it just, for me, harkens back to Pitch Perfect 1 when she does the cup song. It's nothing like the cup song, but you get a very similar thing where nobody really expects anything to come from this interaction. In Pitch Perfect 1, she's late already. She like edges over to the stage. And I think Chloe's smile helps a lot with that as well. She's not even prepared with the audition song. It's all going a little bit wrong already. And then so she's kind of breakpoint, you know what, I've got nothing else to lose, can I have your cup? That's pretty much like how it goes. You're probably not going to hit me, I'm not prepared, I came in late, I don't have the audition song so I'm going to do this instead. We get the magic that is the cup song from that scene. You get that Becca Mitchell magic that just comes through that she's able to just pull something musically fantastic and potentially understated from nothing in effect. And we get to see that again in Pitch Perfect 2, which I absolutely love because it's just a reminder that, you know what, yeah, the Bellas are falling apart at the moment, but that doesn't mean that Becca has lost her spark. I think that's really lovely because then it's just that reminder that she's still got it, but there's also a growth journey in there as an artist that she's going through as a creative to where she gets maybe at the end of the film and the things that she's learned and built upon that skill. And it's that reminder to Becca that, yes, you've still got this. You've still got this talent. we just got to kind of work with it and move it through. And so for me, I've always looked at this particular scene, the Winter Wonderland Here Comes Santa Claus scene, as this kind of lovely little Becca Mitchell magic moment. This is the bit where you just are reminded Becca's talent. And of course, although she's not using a cup, she's got the little launch pad... You know, I almost bought one of those launch pads because I was obsessed with it and uh, I wanted to include it on my decks. I didn't because I don't use the right software for that kind of launch pad, but I did get a different one. (laughs) I was always astonished as well when you watch Becca do that scene and the launch pad is there. How do you know how it's programmed? I am astonished that you literally just walked up to this launch pad and were like, I know which button to press. Movie magic It's great. As my, my little DJ brain when I saw that scene was just kind of skipping for joy at this moment. Whenever I see Becca getting a little bit technical, I just like... The nerd in me just kind of freaks out a little bit. So that also helps as well. That's when the kind of magic comes. And I always find it quite funny with the scene because you get that point where she's like, Oh, just get him to sing it again. And everybody's just a bit like, What are you being serious? What? And so they start off and then Becca does her magic bit. And the moment where this turns into a mashup and I'm just like, oh my word. I remember sitting in the cinema just beaming at this point because you get to just like witness it happen. It's not very often where it it would just come out that way. And it was just like really lovely to see Becca live mixing and having the confidence to do that in the studio. And I remember getting home from the cinema after watching this film. And obviously I had to go and get some of the music and I didn't buy all the music straight away But I would pick out the songs that I wanted to pick and usually they were all the mashups I just wanted the mashups and I got to this one and I was like, do I want to get a Christmas song right now? Normally, I will only religiously listen to Christmas songs in December or as close to December as I can because I get a bit fed up of them when you're doing gigs and stuff. But I was like, no, no, I can't not get it because I've already fallen in love with it. The fact that it's two classic Christmas songs put together in a mashup. Because you hear these songs so often and they're covered so many times. But there's something about taking two very classic songs and actually merging them together. As my time as a DJ, I've heard a number of mixes where people mix classic songs together. But never in like a mashup style. I've just got to. It ended up coming in there, and I remember listening to it quite often and getting frustrated at myself that I would sing along even though it wasn't December at the time. And these are old songs. I was looking it up on Google trying to get like some sense as to how old these songs were. Winter Wonderland, according to com, was made in 1934. And Here Comes Santa Claus was made in 1947, so quite a while ago. Also, I don't know if this is 100% correct, but I was looking around for the script of Pitch Perfect 2 just to kind of see what the original piece was for the Snoop Dogg scene. And I found a script online, and I don't know how like 100% certain this is, but apparently it was from the original screenplay. And in that scene... They are singing completely different songs. It has Snoop Dogg singing Blue Christmas and Becca singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Which would have been an interesting twist. It would have been a bit more of a depressing twist, I feel like, as well. I don't know how I feel about that. I think because I love the version we have now so much that I'm a little bit torn with the whole idea of it being the other two songs. But I was so intrigued, and they've got it kind of out there on this script, just there for you to see i was just like is this real or not i don't know it freaked me out when i realized that potentially there are different songs that could have been in that scene also i didn't realize how popular this mashup was i think because i just seen it in the pitch perfect movies and just assumed that oh yeah it's like a really nice mashup from pitch perfect 2 that actually a lot of people who maybe are not as big a fans of the films really love this as just part of their Christmas music. The website Bustle called it the perfect holiday song and said, it's the greatest thing to hit the Christmas holiday season since canned cranberry sauce and iTunes gift cards. And if you needed any other proof, when I was looking through Google, the amount of times that people are selling karaoke versions of this song was insane. There are so many versions of the song for karaoke's. So if nothing else, clearly this mashup is a huge hit at karaoke's. I don't know if anybody's ever done it. I think that's saying something right there. Who knew? And also it's a really odd coupling. Not that Anna Kendrick and Snoop Dob don't go together, but it's just really funny when you see it and it's like Winter Wonderland versus Here Comes Santa Claus. With Snoop Dogg and Anna Kendrick. I wonder if they actually ever met in person to like record the song. There's like a behind the scenes clip of when Snoop Dogg came in to film his bit of the movie, but I'm always quite intrigued. Do you think they were ever in the studio when they had to record this song and like interacted, or was it all done quite separately? I don't know, but I'm so intrigued. It's just so random. And it got me wondering about Snoop Dogg and like how did he get involved in the movie? And in this video clip, it's a video clip on Daily Motion. Snoop Dogg does talk about the fact that his daughter loves Pitch Perfect. And I think we need to talk about this clip because clearly his family are a little bit obsessed with the films, but also he is so tall. And it's more pronounced, I mean, he's tall against most of the people in the room until he gets next to Anna Kendrick and then the height difference in that is amazing. (laughs) Like, you just are reminded, number one, how small Anna Kendrick is and number two, how tall Snoop Dogg is. He is really tall. And I think we need to like, we need to talk about Snoop Dogg for just a moment. I know we've gushed a little bit about him already, but let's just remind ourselves that this is not the first album for Christmas that Snoop Dogg has produced. Even though this is a fictional album in the movies, Snoop Dogg has actually done a Christmas album. Back in 2008, Snoop Dogg released a Christmas album called Snoop Dogg Presents Christmas in Their Dog House. This is a whole album featuring 20 songs, including songs like My Little Mama Tripping on Xmas, Landy on My Eggnog, and A Pimp's Christmas Song. So, there's like 20 songs that you can delve into for Christmas if you really wanted to, by Snoop Dogg. And if you wanted something a little bit more recent, Snoop Dogg has actually released a Christmas song this year, which is a Christmas version of his Just Eat song, did somebody say? I don't know if it's just in the UK, but he's in all the adverts for Just Eat in the UK. And this song got quite big on its own, but for Christmas, he's done a Christmas version. Obviously it's all about the website Just Eat but also he's changed some of the lyrics to suit the fact that this is now a Christmas version including lines like Ain't nothing changed here, getting sushi delivered by a reindeer and I think it just reminds you the fact that Snoop Dogg has a good sense of humour he might be all serious and like smooth and laid back but he's doing Christmas songs about food, it's fantastic I found this amazing article on the Billboard website when they were talking about Pitch Perfect 2 and the music and there's a quote on there by Julia Michaels where she just explains the talent that Snoop Dogg has and they actually got to witness some of that in making the movie and she references the rap that Snoop Dogg does as part of the song he just made that rap up Julia Michaels explains about Snoop rapping lyrics such as this ain't for no mistletoe but you need to listen, yo. I call this my Christmas flow, over classic Christmas carols. He just free flowed that in the studio, and it's brilliant. And we feel like he was so lucky to have nailed that cameo. We hope to have another Christmas classic on our hands. And let's be fair, if people are singing this at karaoke's, I think we might have reached the point where this is becoming much more of a beloved Christmas song. There's a quote of Anna Kendrick on the Entertainment Tonight website when she talks about Snoop Dogg's cameo. She said, I felt like how when you're like in middle school and you meet a high school senior and then your mum shows up to pick you up from camp, she told Entertainment Tonight. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I can't believe I'm meeting Snoop Dogg and I have to sing. And I probably would be quite starstruck if I had to meet Snoop Dogg, let alone sing in front of Snoop Dogg. So I can appreciate poor Anna Kendrick trying to get to grips with that. But I'm glad she nailed it. We appreciate it. And if nothing else, you get one of my favourite quotable lines from Pitch Perfect 2, from Snoop Dogg himself, Groovy like a drive-in movie. I hope, if nothing else, that this song is in rotation on your playlists as we delve into Pitchmus. Okay, we've delved into a little bit of Pitchmas. It's time to delve into some fan fiction highlights. And this week, I decided to just go back and check that I hadn't missed any great fics. And I feel like there was a number that I found and I was like, how did I miss this fic? This is so good. There's been a lot written lately from a lot of places. And sometimes I miss stuff and I'm like, no, I don't want to miss it. So these are some of the highlights that I found recently that I just wanted to share with you. The first fic that I wanted to highlight this week is... We can never, ever, forever be by the pocket dragon. The summary says, When Emily Junk arrives at Barden, a private boarding school, she finds herself rooming with two girls who are unlike anyone she's ever met before. As secrets are shared and hearts are broken, she begins to learn that life and love aren't as easy as she thought. This is a lost and delirious but Chloe AU And it's all told from Emily's point of view. And I wasn't quite sure what to expect from the story, especially as you start reading it and you kind of get a backstory for Emily and how she ended up at the boarding school. And I will give you fair warning with this story, it's very angsty. If you're not prepared for a good bit of angst, I might just steer clear of this one. It's available on AO3 and I was quite intrigued with the beginning because as you're kind of delving into this, With Emily, you're always expecting this kind of this positivity of just trying to find the good in the bad situations. And I feel like in this story, you get a very grounded Emily. She's obviously been hurt by her past and she's used to being kind of invisible. And it's interesting her ending up rooming with Becca and Chloe. Because although she still gets those inklings and these moments where she feels invisible or feels as she calls herself a mouse in a number of scenes she witnesses all of these things playing out. And I thought it was really lovely telling the story from Emily's point of view, from her past experiences, and this idea of being the bystander, feeling helpless at points to know how to react or how to deal with what is happening around her. To the good and the bad, there's some really, really touching moments when things are happening and some really, really sad moments. And what also really resonated with me was how... What happens in the story really is something that rocks Emily to her core and really makes her a person that she becomes. And the whole idea of the experiences, the past things she's gone to kind of lead her to where she ends up in her life and what she does by the end of the fic. When you're reading the story, and and it can be quite bleak at times, when you're kind of really praying that there's going to be like a light at the end of the tunnel, that something's going to break here, something's going to turn out well... It's a really, really intriguing story and it really kind of draws you in. And what I found was really interesting because this is about Chloe story told from somebody else's perspective and she's kind of in the middle of Becca and Chloe. You get to see her understanding both characters. She understands Chloe's situation and what Chloe's going through and also Becca's situation and what's happening there is really fascinating and how her as a younger person gets a better understanding and a better appreciation to what love is for her and what it means and if somebody really is in love or if they're not and this whole idea that it really can have that an effect on someone and although maybe she's seen the bitter sides of that she's also seen the amazing moments and how solid it can make someone as well on the other side so you get all these like great thoughts and one of the things that's quite often referenced in the story is how Becca and Chloe and their relationship and their love is kind of like music, and it kind of plays out that way. There's a lot I could say about this giving too much away, so I'm not going to. It's a really, really touching story. It's very emotional in places. I really loved the ending, and all I say about the ending is with everything that happens... It has got a very beautiful way of capping off what happens at the end from Emily's perspective and how she kind of works through everything that's happened. And so be warned, it is angsty. Well worth it, though. It's quite a deep one. It makes you think. The next fix I wanted to highlight this week is Shower Singing by another Bacchloe shipper on AO3. The summary says, We never met, but we shower at the same time, and our shower's on opposite sides of the same apartment wall. So sometimes we start duets. Such a simple, powerful prompt idea that just kind of gives away to this amazing story. Now this is a Pitch Perfect 1 AU, so it's a retelling of Pitch Perfect 1, however, with a little twist. I always have a little fondness for Pitch Perfect 1 AUs because you already kind of know the story but you get to see it in a new light or a new retelling of it with little tweaks and little changes. This one I really enjoyed just with the idea that Becca and Chloe are like next door neighbours and they don't meet each other for quite a while. All they know is that they have amazing voices and they just start duetting and doing things whilst they're showering. And the coincidence is that Chloe will start singing, Becca will join in and suddenly kind of fall in love with this other person that they've never met, they've been duetting with for quite a while and it just kind of leads itself down this path. And that's what kind of really caught my attention with the story when I read it for the first time. It's been going for a few months as the author's been bringing out parts of the story. There was this whole intrigue for a while in the first few chapters where you're just kind of waiting for them to have the meet cute. They've become a little bit obsessed with having their shower time and singing with this other person who has a beautiful voice. But they never met. And it was just this whole like, when are they actually finally going to meet? Both of the different reactions to what's happened and you've got Chloe is where she's super excited and just wants to get her back in the shower to some points. And Becca, who maybe is a little bit more reserved or maybe might be avoiding having an actual meeting. And it just kind of leads in from there. And of course, a little bit of a side of Strawberry as well. There's some really kind of fun moments in there and I often enjoyed the interactions, especially early on between Becca and Aubrey and how they kind of knock heads, but they're also next door neighbors and that whole thing. And with stories like this, where it's a retelling of Pitch Perfect One, knowing how the actual story goes, I often find myself looking forward to like the next bit and just seeing how the author twists it around to tell it slightly differently or do things in a slightly different way than what you're expecting from the original. If you want something that's completely different, Seven Devils, is one to check out. It's by DJ BMP 123 on AO3 and this is a completely new world. And I often enjoy pitch perfect fanfics where it is completely different. It's got nothing to do with pitch perfect, but it's taken the characters, given them a little bit of a twist and throwing them into this kind of whole new idea that the author's created. The is quite lengthy, but it's all worth it to give you an idea into this universe that the author has made. The summary says, We've all heard of the seven deadly sins, right? Wrath, envy, greed, pride, lust, sloth and gluttony. Well, what if there's an old legend nobody heard of that pertains to these seven sins? What if those was a legend that told of a story of seven devils that represented each one of the sons? What if those seven devils reincarnated over generations through family bloodline? Chloe Beale was just going through another normal day at school until she bumped into the one and only Becca Mitchell. Yes, THE Becca Mitchell, who would rather stay at home and make mixes than go to a party. The one that sleeps, instead of paying attention at school. The one that has little life ambition, and found herself not having a care in the world half the time. It was fate that the two met, and little did Chloe know that their small encounter would change her life. And knowing the summary of this story, I was so intrigued to this little universe that this person had created, and how they would draw in characters to tell this story. I was fascinated there's quite a bit of drama in there as you go through the story lots of things are happening but it's very easy to understand and kind of get into these characters and I really loved how they had laid out a number of the pitch perfect characters into certain roles and whether they were some of the devils now they do warn you before you delve in that maybe some of the characters personalities have shifted a little bit to fit the story but I didn't actually find that deterring in any way I quite enjoyed it One of my favourite characters reading this was Emily, and she's quite different from Pitch Perfect, but it it just kind of suited it very well, and she still had this very great relationship with Becca that just kind of worked. Becca's really funny because she keeps falling asleep, and that kind of is part of the story. Aubrey just kind of comes out of nowhere, and you're not quite expecting it, but then I just thought it was a perfect role for her to have. And just, like, so many little slots in there, And it was really interesting seeing a story where Chloe Beale is almost the nervous one. She's not always often portrayed like that. And it was really interesting throughout the story to see her at the beginning where she's kind of the quiet, nervous person. Doesn't really get involved, not popular in school. To the end where she's gone through this whole journey, had to kind of find herself and has a lot more confidence. And she's overcome a lot of demons in a way to kind of get to where she is at the end. And it was great to kind of just have a story where it was just a completely different world that I could delve into this amount of action in there as well. A little bit of Bacchloe that we love and this mystery about how this summary of the story was going to play out. And it was really thoroughly enjoyable to kind of go through that journey. And my final highlight this week is a story called What Do You Say? by l 82 d Party. Late to the party, get it? The summary just says what might have happened after the Bellas discovered their sound, the Pitch Perfect 2 era. And this is a really short little one shot, but I just really fell in love with it. So if you haven't checked out this author's before, they, I don't know how they do it. But they seem to have this ability of like banging out stories. I kind of picked up on them on Tumblr when they wrote a story called Tulsa time. And I don't know how they bang out their stories so quickly. There's a lot to catch up on there. A lot of kind of little universes that they've created. And what I really love about a lot of their stories is they're kind of around the Pitch Perfect universe. With like a slight twist. A lot of it, Chloe and Junction in there. And this one in particular is a little kind of B'Chloe one. We love a little bit of B'Chloe. This is just like a little one-shot that just takes place straight after the campsite scene in Pitch Perfect 2. And it's this touching moment, which I feel could have slotted in so lovely. And it's quite a fluffy moment, but it also gets kind of a lot of truce out there. And it's a lovely little bridge between Pitch Perfect 2 and Pitch Perfect 3 and maybe how that all transpired. And what I love about it was just the little interactions between Becca and Chloe. And they had this sweet little moment where everybody else has kind of left the bonfire. Becca's deep in thought and they have this very realistic and special moment together by the bonfire where they share maybe some of their fears, some of their concerns moving forward and what they kind of mean to each other in a way. And just have this really calm, sweet moment together. And it just brought all the sort of feels and just like, oh yes, this is like what Chloe should be like, come on. I wouldn't say it's a huge Chloe moment, but it's just like an understated fluffy moment that sometimes you just need, especially after reading some of the more angsty stuff from the fics I've just mentioned. I think it was capped off really lovely at the end with Aubrey and the care that Aubrey has between these two friends of hers and how much she just hopes everything works out. These are my highlighted fics for this week thoroughly enjoyed it and definitely looking forward to delving into some more Christmas content over the next few weeks for Pitchmas. So in preparation for Pitchmas we need some good but Chloe Christmas stories and I have a special place in my heart for a particular Christmas story and I thought maybe there are other people out there who have particular Christmas stories that mean something to them So I'd love to hear from you. If you have got a pitch perfect Christmas story that you absolutely love, it doesn't matter what ship it is or anything, I'd love to hear from you. You can get hold of me on any of our social media accounts. We are on Tumblr. You can drop me an ask or a message, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, any of those channels. Just look for the Pitch Slapped pod. We're right there. And I'd love to just gather together some of your favourite Christmas fix. Whatever they could be, doesn't matter if they're happy, sad, whatever. I mean, I just want an collective mix of what your favourite pitch perfect Christmas fix are for an episode that I'll do a little bit later and just kind of revel in some great pitch perfect fix for Christmas. Sometimes you need to read those Christmas pitch perfect fix just to get you in the mood and get you right there. So I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.